0: Dream big, cause boy you're gonna make it. Stand told his higher road to take it. Let go of everything that you wrote know, and be wild in the Missouri. Yeah. Welcome to the Beers and Bible Podcast. A podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at Beers and Bible underscore. And on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the Reformer, Martin Luther, whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus, let us drink beer.
1: So let's join our hosts, Rick and Patrick, for this week's discussion." Welcome to episode number 60 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am Patrick. And I am Rick. And we're happy to be back with you for this 60th episode. Yeah, we've made it to 60 of these things. Heck yeah, we have. 60 beers. Dude, we've we've tried 60 beers. And if you look at it in some of the weeks where we've done two beers, because we could get the same, uh, we've done more than 60 probably. Total like between the two of us yeah yeah we have so it's been fun i, I kind of I, I have we've talked about it but i've grown to appreciate beer more and and am a little more careful when i go to the store to buy beer now yeah i think we've i think we've talked about it probably more times than our listeners care to hear us talk about it again <laughs> but when we started this thing i was a budweiser guy you were a, ying, a yingling, yingling guy. guy. And, Still am. <laughs> yes, and and actually what's funny about that is I have kind of left my first love, so to <laughs> speak, <laughs> with Budweiser, <laughs> because it's... And actually, I would consider myself more... If I'm going to pick a big box, I would probably lean toward a yingling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't really know why that is. Um, but that's better. Well, I am, yes. But, <laughs> you know... I've had Budweiser. I've had Budweiser. Gosh, I haven't had a drink yet. I promise. Um, I slurred my words there, like I have, (laughs) but I have not. Um, But I've had Budweiser a couple of times since we started this episode, and it just, for instance, since we started this whole podcast. (laughs) Are you sure you (laughs) haven't been drinking? I'm not sure I haven't been drinking. (laughs) Patrick's all twisting over his words like I normally do. So anyway. I've had it a couple of times since we started this podcast, and it just doesn't taste good to me anymore. Yeah. Even on tap, he, like tap Budweiser is basically like yeasty water. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So You're becoming a beer snob is what's happening. I, I really hope not. <laughs> I really hope that's not what's what's happening here, but you're probably right. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, okay. we're getting into that, we're getting into that time of the year where it's like time to get the, the Oktoberfest beers and the mm-hmm. pumpkin flavored beers out. And, um, I mean, I'd be interested to try like a pumpkin spice something, <laughs> not because, not because I like <laughs> pumpkin spice. I actually, it's not, I hate it's it. not one of my favorite flavors. Um, it's not unpleasant to me. It's just not something like it's not like October 1st comes around. I'm like, ooh, got to go to Starbucks and get my pumpkin spice last night. Like, I don't. Yeah. Also, I try to stay away from Starbucks like the plague. But all that, to be, all that being said, I, I wouldn't be against trying a, a pumpkin something flavored beer. Yeah. But, but tonight, I don't have a pumpkin flavored beer. <laughs> sad day. Sad day. So, so we had beers. Uh, each of us had a beer for tonight, and then uh, I, Rick, decided to go to the store last night in search of the ever-elusive Hershey's Chocolate Porter from Yingling, and I managed to find the Hershey's Chocolate Porter at my store. So, funny story, Um, I follow, uh, this is Patrick talking now, Um, I follow one of the package stores near Rick where he lives mm-hmm. on Instagram and I saw where they had posted and they had a stack of the Hershey's chocolate Porter from yingling. Mm-hmm. They were posting it saying we couldn't wait until Friday. It's out available now. And I sent him the post and I can't say what I said in the, in the message I sent to him <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> Um, I mean, you can, but it would kick us out of a couple of the, yeah. the genres that we're in. Yeah, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> I don't want to have to put any kind of mark on this episode for any reason. So, um, But yeah, it's it's not fair, and I'm really salty Patrick's about upset. it. <laughs> he, when, so Patrick's upset that I found it and he didn't. We, we were talking just before we started recording. We could have met halfway. <laughs> we could have. And been useless recording, like even more useless recording than we currently are. So, so drive all night. Yes, drive all night. (laughs) Go to work work all day. Go to work. Come home, and and then it'll ultimately record. So, so Rick has the Yingling Hershey Porter. Why don't you tell us um, a little bit about that one there? So this uh, this one came out last year, and this is the Hershey's and Yingling chocolate porter. Uh, they announced it last year and they only did it on tap and it was like a small area around Pennsylvania. And we talked about this on the podcast last year. Like, man, we really want to try that. So this year they put out a thing saying they were going to bottle it and release it on more than just tap, but they released it to their entire distribution network. Mm -hmm. And so obviously we fall into that distribution network because we get Yingling. So, I started searching around. Uh, he sent me the picture, and I started searching around to see if I could find one closer to my house. And and I did. I found it, and I'm really excited. I hope this doesn't let me down, uh, because Yingling is one of my favorite beers. Uh, I've never had a porter from Yingling. Um, but I think they have, it's called the Black and Tan. Mm-hmm. Is there is there kind of porter style. Are you style? sure we haven't had that one? I don't think I have. I think I've had that one, and it was pretty good. From what okay. I remember, because, so last year, like you said, we were trying to find it, find the Hershey Porter, and, you know, we were, my wife and I were talking like, well, the black and tan is probably the closest we're going to be able to get here. So we yeah. got it, and it was pretty good. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, it was a Porter, so, yeah, but it didn't have Hershey in it. It didn't have, so Hershey's is one of my favorite chocolates, like, I, those little Hershey bars. Mm-hmm. I would probably, if somebody put a stack of 1,000 in front of me, I would probably eat all 1,000 of them. I just, I love the taste of Hershey's chocolate. I love the flavor. It's like, it's the perfect chocolate to me. Yeah. So, good beer, perfect chocolate. I, I, I really don't see how this is going to go wrong tonight. I don't. Well, for <laughs> the sake of you and us and the listeners, um, I hope you're right. that it's, uh, Me too. That it's a good beer for you, so. Me too. Um, what do you have on tap tonight, Patrick? So our initial plan, um, Rick had a lager that he was going to drink, and I tried finding it. I I spent like thirty minutes in a package store looking for <laughs> the, the specific no no the specific lager oh, that the you specific sent me. one okay and I couldn't find it. There was some beers from the brewery um, there, but not the one you had sent, even though the website said. Or the brewery's website said that they had it at that. Anyway, it was stupid. So I ended up getting um the luminescent lager from River Rat Brewery in where are these people at? Columbia, South Carolina. So um, it's I half half of me got it because of the brewery name River Rat. That's a River oh, that Rat is a great name. That'd yes, be a great is. Punk band name or something like that. Um. The can is really simple. It's a dark blue. Um, the Let's see here. It's got an ABV of 4.2%. Um, and it's it was brewed with baseball in mind. And I am a huge f- baseball fan. Um, Heck yeah. My team is uh, moving on to the next round of the playoffs. You figure out which team that is. It's the Astros. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> but... Anyway, it's no, no big deal. It is, interestingly, um, remember last year when my team, our team, the team that I pull for? We cheer for the Braves. Yeah, we cheer for the Braves. Let's go ahead and just say <laughs> it. Most people could probably figure that out. So, Probably. Today is the one-year anniversary of the 10-run first inning. Oh, yeah. I think. And it didn't... And they clinched the uh, a spot in the NLCS today. Yes, they did. So these two o'clock start times are killing me, though. I have it on <laughs> at work, and I'm—I mean, work is pretty slow, but I am useless right now at work. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's neither here or there. So this is a this is a uh, beer that's going to pair well, probably more with a baseball game kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it says. You know, it pairs with peanuts, popcorn, and chili dogs. Dude. So. I love a good lager, though. So I hope it's good. Yeah. I hope so, too. So, I well, guess. the what Time to crack to do, these things okay. open and mm-hmm. go to town. Yep. Let's do it. So. Oh, and <laughs> we have different containers, so it's going to sound weird when you record. Yeah, it is. Or uh, play it back. All right. So. All right. Here we go. In three, two, one, crack. <laughs> You just, dude, that smells like the, mine smells like a baseball park. That's awesome. Like, you know, that smell of like ground up peanuts in the seats. I do. That's kind of what it smells like. So mine smells exactly like it should. It smells like a Hershey's bar. You're, you're gonna have to go find this i'll do my lager next week and you can do Hershey's next week well that means you, that might mean i have to drive all over the greater metro area of where i live <laughs> finding it it might be worth it i'm gonna let you know here in just a second did you the smell of this did you spill it on your shirt or is that oil or something oh no no i did nice i have it on my shirt <laughs> for forever marked <laughs> the shirt is forever marked by beer by Hershey's Porter. So so mine is, um, my lager is very... That's a little pale. That's not lagery looking at all. I'm, well, okay, so Yingling is a dark lager. It's more like an amber. Uh-huh. And well, I'm not this, an expert, but I, I think the lager is the way that it's brewed. Not necessarily well, how dark it is. This looks like a pilsner is what, is what it, I'm getting yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the website does say that it uses a pilsner mulch. So... Okay, and so it might be a little bit closer to a Pilsner than a lager. Luminescent lager. That Luminescent might just be that it's rather very, very see-through. Yeah. So. <laughs> what does yours look like? Is yours dark? My, mine looks like chocolate in a cup. I mean, it's there is, you can't see through it. It is completely, I mean, it, it literally looks like chocolate in a cup. Well. I don't know if you can see. Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> like, I'm over here singing the aspca commercial songs <laughs> like a poor injured dog yes it's all right so if I, anyway, if I have to get some and send it to you for next week i will do that well i'm pretty sure that's illegal but um i'll make anyway. it happen i'll figure out a way to make it happen <laughs> i have to drive it to you let's let's down this i'm ready for a drink honestly i need a beer too so it's been a long week so here we go bottoms up on the Hershey's and the Luminescent. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we might have the first like six Luther beer. <laughs> it's, it's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. Um, this is, this is, okay. One of the reasons Jingling is my favorite kind of like big box beer is because they're so, so consistent with their taste, their flavor, like I just, I love their lager. It's good. Mm -hmm. This, to me, is like that with chocolate, but I I can definitely get the porter feel, too. It's a little bit heavier than the lager, but the Hershey's chocolate sends this thing over the top. This is a 5 Luther all day long. Like... I am not let down at all by this, and yes, you have to go find some. <laughs> well, I would have been really disappointed if you had said, eh, it's like a three Luther situation." Um, this this thing is like dessert meets beer meats. Is it like someone melted the milk chocolate Hershey bars? Yes, into into a beer. Into a beer. Yes, that's exactly what it tastes like. <laughs> I'm good. I'll sit. I'll sit over here and drink my my sad lager Sad lager Hey, look, rat. What is it? Rat city. River rat. Rat. River rat. Look, I'm sorry that this had to happen like this. I'm sure you're a great brewing company. <laughs> I, I'm I'm in a bad mood right now. I don't know if it's evident. Um, Patrick's upset, but and it's, it's my not, fault. It's not at river rat. I promise. <laughs> But yeah, so how is the, how is the river at? Is it, I mean, it's good. It's, um, it's very light, very easy to drink. Um, there's nothing particularly special that sends us, there's no Hershey's in this beer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so there's nothing that sends us over the top or anything. Um, it's still, I mean, it's not quite old. I don't feel like it's a lager. Maybe I need to drink a yingling and compare it. And I have a yingling in the fridge, so I might go do that. (laughs) Um, So, I'm hesitant to give it a four, but I feel like it's better than a three and a half. So, um, I guess I'll give it a three and a half with the caveat that it's like on the high end of three and a half Luthers. Yeah. Like it's very close to 4, I just can't quite push it there cuz I mean it's a pretty standard beer beer. It's yeah, a beer flavored beer. It's got beer texture. It's not very heavy. It's not very um like I like I've got another one. I might try chugging it. Like I don't feel like I I feel <laughs> like I could chug it and be fine. Like I could operate a motor vehicle. I I could be fine. So um, dude, you got a Baker Mayfield that thing and shotgun it. <laughs> I don't know about shotgunning it, but chugging it's a legit possibility <laughs> what happens when Patrick chugs beer. Um, Let's do it. But um, we'll do that in the, in the break here. Uh, I pretty much all but chugged this thing right here. And that's a porter, so that's... What's the APV on that? Dude, it's only 4.6 oh, okay. or 4.7. It's not very high. It's a gangling um, porter, so it's probably not going yeah, to be... Yeah, but... Yeah, it's it's... Honestly, it's not as heavy as a as i would think like a typical porter mm-hmm. it's a little bit lighter than a typical porter is it but is it milk chocolate flavored or dark chocolate it's milk chocolate okay flavored. that's probably what it's probably yeah. a, a little lighter because of that yeah see i don't like dark chocolate so i was hoping it wasn't dark chocolate which i mean hershey's does make a dark chocolate but dude i don't like dark chocolate i'm, I'm not a huge fan of that well so, well, Yingling, uh, you're the first like big box that we've done, that one of us has done, and yeah, uh, I think the biggest we've done so far has been like Sweetwater. I think they would probably be the biggest. No, we did that. I feel like we did same Adams. We did the same Adams Oktoberfest last year, we did so that, that would be year. that would be considered big. But this is like one of the big five. I mean, Yingling is a is a staple just about everywhere you go. So. Mm-hmm. Sam Adams is not necessarily a staple, but River you get three and a half. We're sorry that you had to to come in under these circumstances. I mean, honestly, you probably would have got three and a half anyway. Oh, there like, you go. I'm just being honest. Um,
0: it's still. But it doesn't like, help.
1: Like it's still good. It's it's drinkable. It's not like it's mm-hmm. it's not like it's a, one of those. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be holding on to these things for like six months and then throwing them away. Um, yeah but uh sounds like it would be good if you're hot and sweaty after cutting the grass yeah and you just want to down one really fast mm-hmm, yeah and that might be something i have to try at some point so um <laughs> i do that on the regular so i love cutting the grass and then coming in and just getting a an ice cold beer and chugging mm-hmm. it. so but river rat yingling good job this week um we'll uh excellent job yeah. on the hershey's yingling Excellent job, yeah. yangling uh, has me uh, excited for if and when I'm able to find it, dude. You're gonna find it. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out on my prosperity gospel limb and name it and claim it and say you're gonna find it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll so see. there we go. There you go. We'll see. Um, I'm almost done with mine, but we are gonna continue. Last week we talked about the Quran. We talked about the Jewish Bible. We're going to kind of continue that conversation tonight. We're going to talk about the Mormon Bible, or the Mormon Holy Scriptures, all the stuff they use, and the Catholic Bible tonight. So it should be a fun uh, conversation, so stick around, and we will be, be, uh, now I'm twisting my words, we will be back right after this. Welcome back. We're here. We're going to talk about some more uh, differing Bibles, if you will. Uh, what different religions you use? Um, we're going to focus tonight on the Mormon scriptures and the Catholic Bible. And are those different? Are they different from the Christian Bible? Uh, like I said last week, we talked about the Quran. We talked about the Jewish Bible, mm-hmm. and the differences there. Um, and really, I mean, tonight this is a little different because. I mean, really and truly, only one of these is vastly different from, uh, from the Christian Bible. Right. Um, the Catholic Bible, there are some differences, and we're going to get into that, but, but when you talk about the Mormons, so let's dive into the Mormons first. So mm-hmm. the Mormons actually have four distinct books that kind of compromise, not compromise, compose mm-hmm. their, their holy writings. So they have the the actual Bible. Um, they do believe in the Bible, um, and then, or they believe the Bible is one of four things. Then they have the Book of Mormon, which is like it's called another Testament of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and we're going to dive into that in a second. Then they have what's called the doctrines of covenants, uh, and then they have this thing called the Pearl of Great Price. Now, um, I have read a little bit into the Book of Mormon. Um, I have a friend, a good friend of mine, who is very well studied on on Mormon Mormonism and the doctrines and covenants and the Pearl of Great Price, and. Basically, um, it, the way I understand it is like the Doctrines and Covenants in the Pearl of Great Price are the equivalent of, say, like Proverbs and Psalms for us, for Christians. It's, okay. it's wisdom literature. It's going to give you um, ways that you should y- live your life, but they hold it into uh, basically an authoritative position in, within the church. It's like, it's like if, if we had taken A Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. Mm-hmm. And said, "This is doctrine. This is gospel, and yeah. we're going to apply it universally to the doctrine yeah. of the church." Yeah, exactly. It, I, I I think if the best comparison I can give it would be they treat the doctrines and covenants in the Pearl of Great Price m- very similar to the way the Christian Church treats creeds and confessions. Okay, um, you know it's a it's an explanation of what they believe. It's a uh, it's it's written down. This is this is how we're supposed to interpret things, right? Um, and so, but I, I, to my understanding, they hold it in a little bit higher regard than we we wouldn't hold creeds and confessions as absolutely authoritative. Um, but they're they're definitely going to be important. You know, we, we've we've said several times on the podcast that you can believe more than the Apostles' Creed, but you can't believe anything less than mm-hmm. the Apostles' Creed. And so that's very similar to the definitions that, that Mormons are going to put on um, the Doctrines and Covenants and the Pearl of Great Price. Now, the Book of Mormon is different. Like it, they believe it is actual scripture. Uh, they they believe it is on par, the same as Genesis through Revelation of the Bible. And so that's where Christians have a, a lot of differences, and, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's where I would say that Mormons fall into—they're uh, not just another denomination. They're not like Baptists, Presbyterians, or Methodists. Mm-hmm. They are an actual cult, and they are not Christians. Yeah, I would—I would agree very much with that. I mean, if you look at the—the the, where the Book of Mormon came from, or where Joseph Smith claims the Book of Mormon came from, mm-hmm. it seems. It seems so outlandish, like like the Bible is consistent from beginning to end, um, and, and the story weaves weaves together perfectly, um, and it makes sense that God would say like it makes sense to us that God would tell people to write it down, and yeah. and, and would determine God would determine what goes in what state what goes out, in all this. But when you look at the Book of Mormon, Joseph Smith claims to have found gold plates buried in a hill in North America, in New York, Mm -hmm. and then he translates the plates into the Book of Mormon, and that just, I mean... With the special stone. Yeah. (laughs) You can't forget about the magic stone, and And the funny thing is, you have this magic stone, you have the special plates, none of which we have. Right. Like you, you, would, so, like you would think that if these things had stayed in a hill for who knows how long, in quotes, you know, air quotes, <laughs> I'm doing the quote things here. Um, I'm pretty sure Joseph Smith, like, found some mushrooms in the wilderness. Oh, yeah, and, he did. And was somewhat high when he came up with this idea, but it's been, I mean, people have died on this hill mm-hmm. for Mormonism. Yeah. and yeah well and and you know the the one of the main claims of mormonism and and it's really found in the book of mormon is that there is a perpetual apostle uh mm-hmm. still still yeah. alive mm-hmm. and that that perpetual apostle apostle is the president of the mormon church and and one of the i think one of the key things that you're going to find in a cult situation is that they will borrow very, very heavily from the Bible. They'll borrow very, very heavily from certain aspects of Christianity. But inevitably, something that a cult does is it will put itself up in, as a an authority over its people, much in the same way that Scripture puts itself in authority over people or, or that... Um, God, through Scripture, puts himself in authority over his people. You'll, mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, you kind, of, you kind of end up in this quasi-legalistic type of, of relationship. Um, but, but a lot of times, you know, some of the, some of the things about Mormonism that, that you don't know is that you have to be a certain type of member before you can go visit the temple. And, and then you have, you know, we, we've always heard the jokes about the magic underwear Um, and then, you know, you have baptism for the dead and and you have all of this. And and I have talked with former Mormons who have attested to all of these things. So it's, this is not like a fringe group of Mormons believe this. No, this is the core, the, the, the core of the the reality. Yeah. You know? Um, and then, and then they also believe that the apostle John never died. And so if he never died, is he still alive? And if he's still alive, where is he? Uh, you know, it's been two thousand plus years and the apostle John still hasn't showed up anywhere. Right. So, you know, it's there's just there is too many inconsistencies between what Scripture teaches and then what the book of Mormon or, or Mormon religion claims that Scripture teaches for me to, to take it seriously. Right. So so they do believe in this the Bible that Christ like that we believe in. Yeah, they, they believe it is one of the four kind of, uh, I guess you could call it, holy, holy writings. So, which which do they hold in the highest esteem, I guess? They or would them? hold the Book of Mormon in the highest esteem. Okay. And then everything else is kind of subservient to the Book of Mormon. And, and, and the, what's interesting about that is, if you've ever read the Book of Revelation... You know that John's and and this is really kind of within just the book of Revelation. But anybody who adds or takes away from these words, a curse is on them. Is is what John says, and he's talking specifically about the book of Revelation. But if we if we believe that all of Scripture is God breathed, then then I think this gets to the idea of what we call either an open canon or a closed canon. And and there are groups that believe that we have what's called an open canon which means that you can add books to the Bible or you can take away books from the Bible. The Canon is not fixed. It's not said. And, and when I say Canon, I mean like the books of the Bible is, is what's called the Canon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you can add and you can take away from the books of the Bible to try to make it say what you want it to say, well then you don't have the Bible anymore. So right. if it's the Bible plus the book of Mormon, you don't have the Bible anymore. Um, if it's the Bible plus the doctrines and covenants, it, you know, if if you require these other things as part of Scripture, then you you don't have you don't say that you believe the Bible anymore, and and you've kind of undercut the Protestant uh, Reformation cry of sola scriptura, which is you know our authority is found in Scripture alone, mm-hmm. nothing outside of Scripture. Right. Yeah. Doesn't mean you can't use these other things, but the authority is actually in the scripture itself. Yeah. And, and something that they pointed out in the book that was really telling for me and really kind of eye-opening to this whole the whole discussion about Mormonism or the, the Mormon scriptures, I guess, um, is that they believe all of their church writings, so the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, the Pearl of Great Price, are uh, God-inspired, but then they believe that their church leaders continue to receive God inspired revelations. Yes. And then these new revelations from God supersede previous revelations. So, I mean, it wouldn't be outside the realm of possibility for them to say, like, if a church leader says something, well, unless they, unless it doesn't, unless it contradicts the book of Mormon, like they could hold it as true as truth regardless of whatever it was yeah so here's where that's backfired on them um that everything that you just said is absolutely true and the problem with that is when one apostle teaches something like the early apostles of the mormon church that taught that polygamy was the way it was supposed to happen and then in order for utah to get into the union they had to drop polygamy they had to make polygamy illegal. So Utah joined the United States of America after making polygamy illegal. Well, I don't know if you're familiar with Mormonism, but it's pretty heavy out there in Utah. Mm-hmm. So at that point, the Mormon church had to say, oh, you know what? Uh, we received a new revelation from God. Polygamy is not good anymore. We don't need to do polygamy anymore. And and so it's you end up with this, the, uh, the 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 quote-unquote apostle, whoever's leading the Mormon church at the current time, ends up not necessarily making rules or making laws or judgments, however you want to call them, that are biblical mm-hmm. but are more politically driven and, and more culturally minded. And so you have a church that is bowing to the political or the cultural scene at the time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, even bring that into current day uh, discussions that we're having about, you know, should we open church? Should we not open church? Should we wear masks? Should we not wear masks? At what point does the church bow to the state and at what point does the church stand in opposition to the state because they're impeding on on worship? You know, and and I don't mean to open that can of worms right now, but it's the similarities are there, Mm -hmm. you know, um, at the at the time, the Mormon Church did what they had to do to get into the Union. And and so, if you're willing to count in, in in the words of Hamilton, if we don't know what you're going to stand for, what are you going to fall for? Mm-hmm. Yes, I just quoted Hamilton. <laughs> I've kind of paraphrased it. If you stand, stand for nothing, what do you fall for? Exactly. And so, uh, you oh. know, in in that's where Christians need to be you know mm-hmm. we, we need to have conviction we need to have our beliefs and those beliefs need to be firm mhm you know and and i think they need to be rightly founded there we can talk about whether a belief is rightly founded or not but you have to have that belief and if the mormon church believed that polygamy was legitimate and taught by god and could not be under you know undermined by any mm-hmm. civic authority yeah. why did they why did they bow the knee to caesar to to Get you know get the prominence that they wanted, yeah. So that's that's my thoughts on that. And then all of that is spurred from their writings because their writings are what teaches all this. Mm-hmm. You know, they teach that uh, you know we're all descended from heavenly father and heavenly mother. We have the ability to uh, gain you know through our works in this life. We have the ability to gain basically Godhood or be our own heavenly Father or heavenly mother of our own planet um, we're not going to dive off into that drill because that goes south really fast mm-hmm. uh, that the, their teachings on the afterlife and all of that but um, you know at what point but and this is this is the problem that I have with with people who say that the Bible should be an open canon it where do you draw the line who gets to draw the line and say no, that is, or yes, that is, or no, that is not, or yes, that's not. Right. You know, ha- where does that lie? But if we say the canon is closed, it's fixed. We have it. Yeah. You know, the 66 books, exactly as they're delivered to us, uh, what Jude 3 says, it's the faith delivered once and for all to the saints. Mm-hmm. You know, how do we get to that point? How, and, and that's why I'm so adamant about the, there being a closed canon and there not being any of these other peripheral writings that are supposed to be on par with scripture. Now that doesn't discount creeds and confessions and commentaries and all of these things that can be used to help us learn and understand and study scripture. Mm -hmm. There's a, there's a, there's a huge difference between saying something is scripture and saying something can be used to help us understand scripture. Right. You know? And so, so we have to, we have to get into that, that mindset that says, I understand the difference between you're calling it scripture and me saying, I'm going to use this as a tool to help me learn scripture. Right. So, um, but yeah, that's, that's the Mormon church. Mm-hmm. And, and I would thoroughly disagree that the Mormon church is a Christian religion. I would disagree with that statement. And I would say that, that they are not Christians. They are not believers in Jesus Christ and faith in Jesus Christ alone is what saves. Right. And- um, yeah, I would agree with that. So, so then we now we move into something that's a little bit more gray area, right? Let's talk about the Catholic Bible. Let now <laughs> the Catholic Bible is if you open up a Catholic Bible, you wouldn't see many things that are much different from a regular Bible. Um, what you would see is a, a section in the middle called the Apocrypha that contains other writings that contain some of the books that didn't make it into the new Testament um, that are not necessarily untrue books. You got the Maccabees, you've got uh, I think the gospel of Thomas has made it in there. I don't know exactly what's in the Apocrypha, but you have these books and these are books recognized by the Catholics. Mm -hmm. So are, are they different? Are they, should they be included in the Bible? Should they be included? Um, depends on whether or not you believe the Bible is closed ca- canonically or not. <laughs> it's, like, yeah. like if, if it's so to the Protestant believer or to the Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, mm-hmm. um, I believe that we would say that the sixty-six books that we know in, of the Old Testament, and New Testament that we as we know it mm-hmm. are what should or all that should be in the bible yeah yeah so one of the things to understand about the apocrypha is that the books that are in the apocrypha were around when the canon was developing in the first couple of centuries Mm -hmm. i mean it's not like these books showed up out of nowhere it's not like they were written in like a thousand years later exactly exactly these these are not on par with the Book of Mormon, where Joseph Smith translated them, you know, 1,800 years after the Bible. Right. You know, these are books that, that would have been written, these are letters that would have been written at the same time that Paul was writing to the Corinthians and the Galatians and the Ephesians. So, I mean, this, a lot of the books in the Apocrypha were up for debate on if they should be included. Right. Well, and it's like, like we talked about when we talked about how can we... Uh, trust that the Bible is accurate. Um, we were talking about how Corinthians, first and second Corinthians as we know it, are more like second and fourth Corinthians, because Paul wrote yeah. other letters to the Corinthians at the same time. Yeah. Exactly. And 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 so what what we do is we trust that the debate that was had in the first and second centuries that really kind of defined the books that we have in the Bible. There was a certain test that they went through and for whatever reason these books did not make it now that doesn't mean that these books are useless it doesn't mean that they're not helpful um and and if you want to as a christian say man i want to study these books i'll i'll tell you this when i took greek classes in seminary um we translated several patterns <laughs> because they're written in greek they're written at the same time it's the same time it's Koine a greek and so You you have something that you can learn, but it's not scripture. And and so you have to understand that there is that that line that's drawn that the basically the books of the Apocrypha to me are essentially just like commentaries. Yeah. Um, There's something Go ahead. I say there's something that can help you learn, but they're not scripture. Yeah, they're they're these the Apocrypha cannot have any authoritative power in the life of a believer. Exactly. Because they're not God-breathed, God-inspired parts of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. And if you treat them that way, then you're degrading and you're devaluing what was done to bring us the canon as we have it. Yeah. It's like these guys, it's like, not these guys, but it's like these writings made it to, like, the last week of the regular season. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, didn't make it into the playoffs. It's like these guys are the Atlanta Falcons. They played great for three quarters, and then they quit. Man, <laughs> that's rough. It is rough. It is rough. If you're a Falcons fan, I'm sorry. I feel sorry for you right now. But I think most people do, honestly. <laughs> um, so and it's and another thing to to remember about the Apocrypha is that. That These books weren't included. And so, if they weren't included at the beginning, when did they get added? Mm -hmm. You know, Um, these books didn't get added until later in life. mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, they they got added after the Council of Trent. Well, what is the Council of Trent? The Council of Trent is something that meant to basically try to undermine the Protestant Reformation. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you have these, you have the, the reason they're adding this in is like the Protestant Reformation said, we have the 66 books. This is what we're going to go by. This is scripture. Is scripture. we're done. And the Catholic church was like, no, 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 we're, we're going to count that. We're going to bring, bring me that Maccabees scroll over there. We're going to add this in. We're going to do this, you know? And, and um, I, I do think it's interesting that if you study the etymology of the word apocrypha, mm-hmm. you end up getting the word apocryphal. Which is a not necessarily true account of of things that happened. Mm. <laughs> so, um, you know, if you say a, a story is apocryphal, mm. then then it's a good story and it has good meaning, but it's not necessarily true. And I, I think the metaphor there is is apt for when you're talking about scripture. Mm-hmm. It's good and it's applicable, but it's not necessarily scripture. Right. So, yeah. um, you know, but. But that wasn't added in, until basically Martin Luther, John Calvin, John Huss, all these guys who reformed the church from 1400s, 1500s, 1600s into the Protestant Reformation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, these were basically added as a, you know, for for lack of a better term, it was a middle finger to the Protestant Reformation. is what it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that's where you have real division mm-hmm. in. What we know is modern-day Roman Catholicism versus because I mean, really and truly, before the Protestant Reformation, everybody was Catholic, right? And so, um, and, and I think this is where I draw. I say I don't draw a hard line like I would with the Mormons and say that you know Mormons are not Christians. I wouldn't draw that hard line with Catholics and say Catholics are not Christians. I would say I think you need to talk to that individual Catholic, right? Um, because I have met plenty of Catholics who have nothing but, you know, their faith is in Christ. Their 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 works are built out of what scripture teaches them to do mm-hmm. and not what the church has, has told them to do. Right. You know, now they do it because it's the right thing and and because it's what scripture teaches and yes the church does teach that. Um but but you know I I, I think we will be surprised that there are some Catholics in heaven and then we're also going to be surprised that there's some Baptists that are not. Right. So, um, what else, what else do we have to talk about for the Catholic Bible? Um, I mean, the, the guys in the book talk about that, you know, Jesus confirmed, um, you know, they, they, they dive into what Jesus confirmed as scripture. Um, and, and they say, and this is just a quote from the book they say, it is Jesus' statements in scripture that are perhaps the strongest indicator of, that the Apocrypha is not to be considered God's inspired word. Um, I never, I'd never read it this way, but this is really an interesting, like interesting is a light bulb moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, in Luke 24, uh, Jesus says that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Um, and, and by saying this, he's acknowledging that the original, the entire Hebrew text excluding the apocrypha is complete. Um, Mm -hmm. he, he didn't bring up, um, anything that didn't fall into the, the the law or the prophets or the Psalms. Um, and so I thought, I thought that was really an interesting takeaway, um, that Jesus himself is saying, Hey guys, um, there's going to be other stuff written around the same time that some other stuff is going to be written. And I'm affirming some of it, but not all of it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one, I mean, and that takes you back to our discussion last week when we talked about the Jewish Bible, you know, Mm -hmm. there are certain aspects of the Jewish Bible and Jesus referred to all of the ones that basically were important. Um, you know, the Apocrypha was written in, in and around Jesus time, but it was also written a little bit before Maccabees is, is before Jesus's time. It's in that gap between Malachi and Matthew. Um, and most of the Apocrypha books are that way. Mm-hmm. And so, so it, that is, that's interesting. And it's also very poignant that Jesus would make that point. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that the apocrypha is bad. It doesn't mean that the apocrypha shouldn't be read and studied. I would not go study the Book of Mormon unless you're just into Mormonism. Um, I wouldn't go study the Quran unless you want to learn more about Islam. Um, don't put either one of those on par with Scripture. Um, but but if it, if it's something that you're interested in, by all means, go go and study the Quran and, and learn what it says, so that you can better engage with yeah. our, our our Muslim, you know. Brothers, mm-hmm. uh, when not, not brothers in Christ, but our our Muslim friends, mm-hmm. and go and study the Book of Mormon so you can better engage with our Mormon friends. So, yeah, it's it's um, not you're not reading to convert yourself. You're not you're not yeah. you're reading for knowledge. You're reading for understanding. Yeah. Um, in the in the same way that we as believers not should expect, but should want other people to read the Bible so that we know um, or so that they know where we're coming from when we talk about things. Yeah. Um, you know, don't you know, you don't go to battle without having your weapon ready. In, in the same way, you wouldn't go to a discussion, you wouldn't um, you wouldn't want to talk about a topic without at least having read some about what you're mm. talking about, That's um, right. so you know again, you're not reading it for wisdom, you're not reading it for any kind of authoritative authoritative power in your life. Um, but read some in the Quran, read some in the of, of the apocrypha, um, and, and just equip yourself with knowledge so that when those situations arise where you're, where you're talking to a Muslim or you're talking to a Jew or you're talking to a, a Roman Catholic, um, you ca- you at least have a little bit of an understanding of where they're coming mm-hmm. from. Um, that's really the, maybe the easiest way to get in with people is just to have some basic knowledge about where they're coming mm-hmm. from. It's not a total understanding. It's not a, um, You're not going to know everything about every detail of of their belief system or of their life or whatever. But just having some basic knowledge can go a long way to uh, creating rapport with, with other people. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, Well, that wraps us up on our discussion with tonight, the Book of Mormon and the Catholic Bible. I uh, hope you've enjoyed the last couple of weeks talking about how the Bible compares to to other holy books or holy scriptures or uh, writings. So, Patrick, if they want to find us on social media, where would they find us? We are on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at beers and Bible P1. You can. Uh, Find us on Facebook. Uh, just search Beers and Bible Podcast and look for our logo. And then you can also email us at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, like and comment and share um, any and all of our social media uh, pages and reach out to us on, on our email or via uh, DMs on, uh, on the social media. And we'll, we'd love to interact with you. That's right. So until next week, we hope you have a good week. I hope uh, our listeners are able to find some Yingling Hershey's Hershey's Chocolate Porter. I hope Patrick can find it next week. Me too. And until next week, we will see you later. Peace out. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers
0: and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast.